Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge and I'm your host. I am the author of 11 books. I am a CEO of 12 years. I am the founder of a startup that looked at rivaling social networks with a premise set on data privacy. I am an elite performance coach of over 18 years working with athletes throughout Europe, North America to Australia. And most significantly, I am the world's leading scientist on coach and athlete performance, specifically when it comes to tennis. And I also use tennis as a blueprint to model how to optimize performances in sister sports. Though most significantly, again, I am actually the scientist that uncovered how to develop a top 10 ranking. I'll say that again. It's a landmark finding that we never thought was possible. And it was pretty cool to be the one to uncover how, with the data on our side, to develop top 10 players. I'm behind such theories as the optimal performance theory, the V by Dr. B to the rule of transference. Um, I've also coined terms from the barrier breaker to the golden rule. Um, As has become custom um, with each episode, we're going to dive into one of the books and dig a little bit deeper and to really share additional insights. Uh, The book we've been focusing on at this stage is titled The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, a comprehensive discussion on developing elite coaches and players. And today's episode is 10. So thank you so much for everyone who has been bearing with us and who has been following along from the very beginning. Uh, This episode, uh, let's say it piggybacks in a way from our previous episode, similar topic, similar thoughts, though just a little bit different with some new insights. So buckle in and I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, Today's episode is focusing on how to avoid injuries. Now, if you would like to follow along, we are on page 72 and it's 2.3 specifically, how to avoid adolescent injuries and the coach's responsibilities. Now, this was touched on in the previous episodes and I think it's something just so close to my heart because I was one of those athletes that experienced firsthand that knowledge gap. And what I mean by that is that so many coaches are not informed on injury management, but also how to sidestep them, how to avoid them, but also uh, the heightened likelihood of an adolescent developing an injury through their phases of growth 
but the key steps that can be put in place to near avoid these. So I guess the fancy word for that is mitigating them and that we can actually mitigate injuries almost to an incredibly high percent. I won't put a number on it that it can be done. It's just best practices. And unfortunately, the coach education framework, specifically in tennis, does not address that. Um, And that is where um, a lot of uh, athletes are being let down, but also coaches as well, that if they're not given that knowledge, then they are. However, then there's the flip side to that. if they have been given the knowledge and they're not doing anything about it, then that's that's negligence. Regardless how you want to frame it, that's negligence. It's not right and it's not fair to the athlete or the parent. Um, also, it is a coach's responsibility to, to upskill, to be um, conscious of newer trends and newer education um, and how to continue uh, that learning. Now, these books specifically have been developed to fill that gap on one hand, but also because the the significance of the landmark findings behind it, it was time to share with the players, parents and coaches out there that if you're serious about becoming a professional athlete, this is your guide. Um, It's taken... (laughs) I have to say over 20 years and specifically the last 10 years in piecing everything together, though it's essentially the framework or the blueprint if you like to get you there, which is incredibly exciting. But let me read little snippets from this chapter to begin with and then we will dig a little bit deeper. As much as we try to avoid it, inevitably developmental players end up with a form of injury. Although not necessarily sports related, due to their developmental years and thus adolescent growth, athletes are more susceptible to being injured if their training is not modified to accommodate these changes. Now that's essentially what I've just touched on and that the modifications are fundamental. And if you're a coach out there and you're not too sure how to modify play, that's okay. The the work is out there to upskill, to read up on, oh, hey, we're here, Beyond Top 10 Tennis, that's why we're here as well. Though it's really about looking at the athlete as a whole, working as a team, being informed, which means using that triangular relationship between yourself, the player, and also the parent to be just continuously informed of any niggles <laughs> coming, like injuries, just ouch, this, this doesn't feel right. But also being conscious that more, more often than not, an adolescent is not conscious of an injury because oftentimes it's their first one and they're not too sure how to define it or refer to it and that's where the coach and the parent comes in by continuously asking on a regular basis how their body is feeling 
Do they feel a little bit stiff? Are they sore anywhere? But it's finding the right language that works with that player or athlete or your child to allow them to become familiar with anything that could be happening. Now, this is incredibly important because I can't tell you um, how often than not how many athletes have come to me with an injury and then I ask them, you know, when did you feel this? How long has this this been going on for? And it's been going on for a while. They just didn't know how to define it as an injury. They just kept playing. Now, if there's someone there to begin with, i.e. their coach that says, how are you feeling? You know, maybe you should rest or maybe these are the steps we need to take as well as the parent being informed, um, consciously and regularly um, asking your child, not only obviously how their performance is going, if there's anything that they would like to talk about, but how their body is feeling. And again, having that dialogue between parent and child coach and athlete to become familiar with that and it's also in a very healthy way uh, teaching that player or athlete what an injury is what it feels like and the best steps we can take to avoid that specifically if we're looking at a minimum of 10 years of play before reaching that high performing um, that elite level um, stepping onto the professional stage you need to protect the body for a significantly long period of time and what happens is that if these uh, key uh, foundations are not put in place within those very early years the more that athlete or the player becomes susceptible to an injury occurring likewise they could be playing incredible and then the coach does not take into account that growing body and the athletes doing exceptionally well performing very well in their events their tournaments what have you and then just when they're on the cusp of turning professional the injuries come and they don't stop now i say that with a whole heart here an open heart because that's what happened to me and i think the best or the biggest pretense out there is to say this is now what we've found and in the best possible way let me help you let me try to help you avoid falling into that hole because it's no fun and the work is now there it is available to better not only protect the body but to establish a greater awareness around the human body and the movement parameters and with a pathway that refers to what we call the long game which looks after the body as a whole long term so you can optimize your performance on a continuous basis which is incredibly important and fundamental 
Yes, injuries can be avoided by all means. However, the majority of coaches are not taught or are aware of how these natural changes can impact the player's body if their current training load is not adapted. And this is the problem, training loads remaining the same incredibly important and I know I did touch on this briefly um, in the previous episode though this is fundamental irrespective of where that athlete is feeling sore or where that injury could be developing or there's no injury you are just thinking ahead to make sure it does not happen the load is incredibly important you could have an athlete that is yet to reach adolescence so they're just having fun and they're just performing incredibly well that's wonderful though let's be conscious of the load on that eight nine ten year old to begin with all right and then those adolescent years come and the athlete starts getting taller or their body is developing in different ways, as we all acknowledge and know that is just part of being human. And uh, touching on that, that we do like taking that humanized approach here. So it's irrespective if you are playing sport or not, these changes happen. Though for the athlete, we know not only do these change happen, that if they become susceptible to an injury, more often than not, they stop playing, which is incredibly disheartening. And that is why specifically also in Australia, I'll I'll talk about here um, particularly, is that there is a significant drop-off in numbers throughout the adolescent years. So when we're looking at athletes at that 16, 17, 18 years compared to, you know, that 12, 13 year age group, the numbers drop substantially. And the argument there is how do we hold on to them? It's simple. You look after them. (laughs) You make sure not only it's enjoyable, but that you are being mindful of the modeling in place, that you you have their best intentions and their best interests at heart. So you're going to safeguard them the best you know how by protecting their developing frame. Now, The education is there, the science is there, that we know how to, but it's about sharing that level of awareness, specifically to the parents out there to say, we know, we know better, this is what you can do, these are the steps you can take, but also for the coaches. Because at the end of the day, of course it's not the athlete's fault. (laughs) It's not their fault that they're, they're in a growing body. Because you know what, as a parent, you were there once before, and as a coach, you were there once before as as well. So how can you make sure you're looking after them so those goals and those objectives you've put in place for the next five years come to fruition? And those goals and the steps that you've put in place for the next seven, eight years continue along that pathway. For that to happen, you need to put in the work. To cut straight to the chase, it is the coach's responsibility to adapt these programs, an athlete's training load, and to take into consideration the repercussions of these loads, although modified, will continue to have on the athlete during this phase. 
it should be highlighted that these phases are not only commonplace in developmental players, but affect both genders and can go on for years, dependent on athletes and or players' rate of development. And I think that is a a very important one because each individual is going to develop at a different rate. Um, Some or most very similar, others not so much. You can have a child that goes through this stage up until that 16 plus years. And that's okay. Everyone is unique. They're different. You could have a child that um, begins adolescence a bit later. And that's okay too. It's about being conscious of these changes. And the majority of coaches out there work with this age bracket. And when I say that, let's say between that 10 to 16 years of age. And we all know that this well we know that this age group is the fundamental it's where you're building those skills that if you are looking at becoming a professional athlete you're playing you are training within those years that's not to say that maybe you don't start training until you're 12 Um, and that's okay I mean there's going to be coaches out there that say no no you have to start earlier no it's fine if you start earlier that's okay though it's being mindful of that 10 year plus pathway. So that's that minimum 10 years to begin with. And that's why you can see athletes blooming um, or reaching their peaks just a little bit later in their years. Though again, everyone is individual in that respect. Some progress sooner, others a little bit later. Um, That's another topic, but it's also you could say if you're important, performing incredibly high it could be that 10 year marker if you are performing then incredibly exceptionally you could progress closer and closer towards that top 10 within the next three to four years and we've seen that we've got a current crop of elite players on the ATP and WTA tours that have won their grand slams at a very early age and that's because not only were their bodies looked after their rate of development taken into account by their coaches it was the awareness of that growth phase but also what leads to develop those peak performances and title to the book is the the optimizing the performance as well but it's safeguarding that you have players that don't peak until their late 20s which is more commonplace and that's also because of that rate of development which is again completely normal it is not normalized for every single player on the ATP and WTA tour to be a teenager when they peak. (laughs) That's not the case. Typically a peak performance is later and you can see some of the best players in the world and you know we can name drop the Serenas out there, the Federers, even to the Novaks, to the Nadals and their peak performances whilst they did happen early they also happen later in their career and that is something to be incredibly mindful of obviously on one hand that is exceptional (laughs) there's without a doubt exceptional and the best part is that the research to develop a top 10 ranking has also 
used and leveraged these players and their results and their trajectories to build the blueprint. (laughs) That's very something that's very exciting, but very important because we have been so fortunate to have players of that caliber in this generation. So if we're building the next generation of play, which we talk about a lot at AMA International, how, how do we get there? We know how, but it's talking to you specifically if you're a coach and a parent to be mindful of that rate of development because you need to get through this phase if you are going to peak. You need to get through this phase and still want to be playing. And so it's for the coaches. Are you going to hold on to that athlete? What are you doing to make sure you get to that 10-year milestone? Or are they going to drop off at year three, four, year nine? You don't know. But if you're putting in the work with them, the higher the likelihood is that they are going to stick around and that you have that 10-year foundation to begin with and they really can start verging on the professional tours, looking at those rankings, diving deeper, 800, 500, top 300 in the world before we really start looking at those key markers and then next thing you know it, they do break into the top 100 and they have that rhythm. They've built that into their performance and their performance metrics and then that's when you see top 70 top 50 top 20 and the most exciting thing that both current world number ones in the world I'll say that again both current world number ones Swiatek Alcaraz both of them followed the same trajectory which is incredibly exciting because there is no differential between gender so if you think that's the case get that out of your head science is on the side gender is irrespective the trajectory is there both of those players follow their trajectory that put in that hard work both of them put in the conditioning to look after their bodies and look at them now not only in the space of the last three to four years did they progress from the top 500 400 300 towards the top 100 towards sitting at that 70 to 50 ranking and then they went for it and they progressed and the most exciting thing I think which also our research underpinned is that our predictive analytics we knew in the best possible way why Swiatek won Roland Garros when she did, which is awesome. Also, when we're looking at Alcaraz, we had him positioned to perform exceptionally well and he was in line to win a Grand Slam. And look, he did. That is incredible. And I'm sharing that because we know with data on our side, this works. Though it's incredibly important that if you are not conscious of that rate of development, of course it doesn't work because you don't have an athlete with you or there to work with, do you? They're sidelined with an injury. You need to be conscious of putting in the work and safeguarding your child, your athlete, to allow them that opportunity to progress as far as they desire to. Here we go. 
it becomes significant for coaches to know how to modify programs to accommodate these physical changes. Yet, there is hardly a developmental player out there that, albeit, hasn't had a slight or major injury to date. This is sad but true and a direct consequence of training programs not being modified. Now, modification is fundamental and it's also being conscious of the load on the athlete but also their technique. I can't tell you in tennis, for example, how many coaches I have teaching an athlete to lift one joint above another. And by that, let's talk about the forehand. You can see that elbow rise really high above the shoulder before it comes around in that circle to hit the forehand. Now, if we're looking just, I think, from a a common sense perspective, which maybe not, but let's bring science into there as well. If you are continuously lifting that joint above your shoulder, that's a shoulder injury waiting to happen. You do it over and over and over again, biomechanics are not on your side. Now, if you're at a local club, at a local academy, and you see an athlete doing that, there's the, the likelihood of them getting injured within the next couple of years are incredibly high. As a coach, it is your responsibility to mitigate that. Upskill, mitigate that. You can tweak that. Now, if they're very young, under that adolescent age group, they're not going to notice it. They could be, you know, 14, 15. They're not going to notice it. But I tell you what, by the time they hit 17, 18, they are going to notice it. Which means if you want to hold on to them for the long term, put the modifications in place now. I can't tell you how many players out there that you see serving and you do not see the coach teaching them how to bend their knees. Now, What happens with the human body when you throw that ball toss up and the player is not bending their knees and they arch their back and then they go to hit the ball? Think about the load on the spine and that development of the spine that's there and if the muscles are not there, which more often than not, they're not. It takes until your late teens, early 20s at least to establish that muscular frame. So if that is not there, that is why you get athletes with stress fractures in their back. It is incredibly common, more common than you might think, and you can avoid that. It's simple, simple signs, but also putting in those steps to safeguard that player. I was at a center um, a few months ago, and that's all I could see is elbows up high and athletes serving the majority of the time without any safeguards in place. And you look at them and the likelihood of just a handful of players still playing and not getting injured is incredibly low. And that's any center. I had a coach come up to me just saying, look at us going, we've got to be one of the best centers in Australia and look at them. Look how well they are. Look at all these national players. And then I I look at their technique And I go, you know what? They could be performing incredibly well now, all these 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds. 
And you know what? In the next five years, you'll be lucky if you still have one of those players and you'll be incredibly lucky if that one player has not developed an injury and incredibly lucky if with how you're coaching, I guess your conditioning and those fundamentals in there really has them still wanting to play towards, you know, hit 18, 19, 20. If you do not treat the athlete as a whole and you are just drilling them and drilling them and drilling them without putting in that work to build that healthy rapport and you don't have that triangular dynamic, it's not going to happen. And unfortunately, that is 99.99999% of clubs and academies worldwide. And that is incredibly disheartening. But it's also important for the parents out there to know that it's all right if you're putting your child through tennis, through a different sport, and they're there to learn it, great. They're there for the experience, okay. But you still would like to protect them from developing an injury. On the flip side, if you're putting them into a program, into an academy with a specific coach, with the objective that they're dead set serious on embarking on a professional playing career, then you really want to get behind this. Because as a parent, you don't want to be on that side where your child comes home with broken dreams because of an injury. All right. As a coach, it's the same. You don't want to put all that hard work in with your athlete, with your player, and then for them to get an injury and just not even be able to come back on court because it's, one, it could be very severe, or two, it's really affected them mentally and emotionally, which we touched on in previous episodes as well. And there are steps you can put in place to safeguard that. And it's fundamental to treat the athlete as a whole. So how can we avoid this? The simple answer is for coaches to modify their training programs. But it's easier said than done. Training modifications are individual and changes should be applied individually to account for the player's or athlete's specific needs. Now we'll finish on that one and I know I really um, been running home the notion of specificity which is just a fancy word word for being simple and making sure that irrespective of what athlete you're working with that you're with that player it's not 10 20 other athletes doing the exact same thing which more often than not does happen in a academy slash club framework If you are able to individually modify a player's program, that is key. And it's looking at their load. It's looking at, I guess, their load management. It's also looking at when they're set to peak or when they need to peak. So that's that planning behind that periodization. And it's also making sure that conditioning is incorporated into their load and their training programs to better safeguard the body. It's not always about speed. Speed is important, but it's also looking after that body 
beginning to build those foundations so the player is steadily and progressively building a stronger frame which means you've got some body movements in there that are key and they're fundamental to protect everything from the ankles to the knees to the hips to the shoulders to the back to the wrist to the elbow all of our key joints there are specific conditioning um, habits um, and techniques and tools to use and um, programs to implement to safeguard the athlete as a whole Thank you so much um, for listening to today's episode. I really wanted to uh, finish on, I guess, a high note, but also um, just looking after the athlete. It is so important and it's just, it's so fundamental that if we can begin to put these steps in place, we're going to build the next generation of play that is more competitive than ever before because we're going to have more and more adolescents and then maturing athletes coming on board to embark on a professional career and bam it's going to be wonderful you have um different countries at the moment that are saturated inside the top 100 and others that are not there whilst they have the programs in place in australia we have the programs in place we have the athletes but we do not have the results and i can tell you why we don't everything we spoke about in today's episode is it it just underlines it in big bold writing and there are simple steps we can put in place to make sure that we really can bring these players, these athletes' dreams into fruition because we know the science is there now, the pathway's there now. And again, if you're not at a federation or inside a federation, a national academy, that's okay. The steps are there. AMA International has the steps there. So mum, dad, the parents and the guardian, it's okay. Um, and I think that it's important to just finish here on that. I know you can hear how just passionate I am about this. Um, so to grab a copy of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, um, AMA International is where to start. It's been a lot of fun today. Again, thank you so much for listening. To grab your copy of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, head on over. Again, that's AMA International or amainternational.com. For any comments or questions, um, head on over there too or to Topic Thread. That's the only social network that I'm on. 
um, or for a look at um, my fictional release uh, specifically for the parents out there that's pink octopus books um, I will place all the links in the bio and inside the show notes um, if you enjoyed today's episode uh, please subscribe uh, follow like um, <laughs> would be phenomenal and if you enjoyed it enough and you feel like it's insightful please do share it as well um, on that note um, I'm so grateful. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Morgan Burge, and this is Beyond Top 10 Tennis, and I'll see you next time.